Welcome to the Illinois SBDC for the Metro East at SIUE's Business Resource Podcast. The SBDC Podcast is here to provide valuable tips and resources to help your small business grow successfully. We will have conversations and bring in experts from various fields to share their insights. At the SBDC, your business success is our business. Get ready to network and be inspired. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. This is Joanne May, Director of the Illinois Small Business Development Center for the Metro East at SIUE and East St. Louis. Today, I will be speaking to a group of educational consultants from all around the world. Matt Feldman has invited me to speak with a group of his peers, and I am so excited to talk about the SBDC and how we help small businesses. There are SBDCs all around the country, but our office focuses on the nine counties here in Southwest Illinois. Matt Feldman is the founder of Goshen Education Consulting, Inc., which specializes in educational data interpretation for educational organizations in Southwestern Illinois. Services include external program evaluation, report writing, dashboard development, and at-risk student identification. I am so honored to be part of this chat today. During the last 12 months, Mr. Feldman has found a way to stay connected with his peers. And that is something that the Small Business Development Center has really focused on as well. We are now doing webinars and virtual meetings and really reaching our clients in a more effective way. I, I don't think things are gonna go back to full in-person um, even after the pandemic. Um, so just utilizing technology has really been a benefit, not only to the one-on-one -on -one advising, but also the, the training and webinars that we do. We can just get people that are even 30, 60 minutes away that don't wanna do that trip. Um, to come see us. So when we spend time one-on-one, -on -one, we get to know our clients, we get to know those pains and challenges that they're facing. A lot of what we deal with are startups. So a lot of it has to do with that business plan and registering their company and, and all those initial steps, financing once they have that business plan. A lot of times financing comes into play and that can be a sticking point uh, whether they, they can move forward full force or not. So I think a lot of our time is spent creating an action plan. When I talk to a new business, it's how can you get this off the ground with the least amount of financial resources? You don't have to be a million dollar company day one. You can get there. You just have to be creative and think outside the box. Maybe it's a virtual assistant versus having employees. Maybe it's interns using that student to, to do some of that work, get them experience and use their young minds to help with your business. Maybe it's starting from home. I mean, so many companies that have started out of their garage or basements. I was just talking with a business that I believe for a good three years was selling through Etsy, 
from their basement. And finally, the husband said, you either have to get a location or stop growing because, you know, she was taking up, I guess, so much space in the house. So a lot of our time, you know, is spent guiding them through these steps and the business plan, developing a marketing strategy and how they can get the word out. We do a lot of research for our clients. We help them understand their demographics, understand their industry overall. Um, Maybe it's locating trade associations or customers. Um, So there's a lot of different things that we can do. Um, Currently through the CARES Act, right now with the pandemic, we have some additional resources. So we are able to help our clients even more um, through September of this year. So for For about 12 months or so, we have extra funds to assist with HR, web design, marketing and social media. Also, and they are no-cost services, as as I mentioned. Now, there may be a a small cost with some of the web design because you do have to pay for your domain and hosting. But a lot of the work that the designer will do is is covered by the CARES Act funds, at least $500 um, of that is covered. So we have a couple consultants that are helping with the minority startup and and small business market here in our area. Also, I have a consultant that is helping with the Latino business community. So we're doing a lot in the area to support small businesses. I think the, the big word of the year is, you know, pivot. Being flexible and thinking, you know, again, outside the box, how can you make your business work? There were so many restaurants that, that, that struggled during this time and are still struggling. You know, daycares had to close for a while. You know, retailers not having people in their stores and still people are, are somewhat afraid to come in and, and cautious. Um, so, you know, they have to transition to that curbside service or delivery, doing more e-commerce. You know, I've had a few distilleries um, actually produce hand sanitizer because there was such a demand and, um, you know, they couldn't get into the restaurants and um, other um vendors that they were working with, you know, so they um, use their their resources and and facility um, to create hand sanitizer. (laughs) I laugh because it's actually in a um, in a a bottle that looks like it would be whiskey or something, but it's um, it's hand sanitizer. Uh, Or vodka, I guess, because it's it's more clear than whiskey. You know, so we've done a lot to support these entrepreneurs through this time and help these small businesses, you know, get um, idle funds, the economic injury disaster loan through the SBA, paycheck protection, PPP. There's that second draw now that many of you probably are aware of. So just navigating all those changes has been a lot. You know, at first the disaster loan had that advance and it was $10,000. Then they changed it to $1,000 per employee up to $10,000. And then now there's a targeted advance for those that qualify in the low income map that they provided. And then also, I believe you have to have a 30% decrease in revenue and less than uh, or 300 uh, or less employees. So um, you can go to SBA um, to see that information, Um, but we're happy to to help. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Um, Last year, and I'll give you my story. um, Mm -hmm. 
I was listening to a kind of podcast, not unlike this one, with a, a local lawyer. You guys, if you were with us a couple weeks ago, it was Todd Sivia. He had a podcast, and he suggested this was the earliest of the early days, and um, there was a small business development center in Georgia that was doing a, a session on PPP funds, and they opened it up to whomever wanted to show up, and there were 200 people on that call. It was wild, but um, I watched that session from the Small Business Development Center, and um, I actually ended up putting together a session with among the, uh, this was the April, I, no, I think it might have been March or April last year, and um, I ended up getting um, in total $20,000 because I had a lot of questions about how my business was going to go, and I, have an, I had an employee, and I have several employees, but at the time, it was a lot of questions about how that was going to work, so this is, this is a good place to pay attention. If you have, and listen to me, if you've had a decline of 30% in your revenue over the last year, even if it has nothing to do with the COVID, if, it's, if you've had a decline in 30% of 30%, you can ask for these funds. And I think, tell me if I'm wrong here, Joanne, but I think that these are quote unquote loans, but they're forgivable loans. And all you need to do is exactly. show that you're using those funds in a way that um, they're for rent or for personnel, there might be new stipulations. But the, I know the original PPP um, Paycheck Protection Program was you show uh, that you were using it towards rent, your lease, um, utilities, or towards payroll, and um, it was forgiven. And guess what, guys? I got it completely forgiven. I, it just happened like a month ago, and it was like, I it was like one of those moments, like, oh my god, I really got eighteen thousand dollars just out of the blue, and it just I I did all the paperwork and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. it was it was free money, and it was great. I'm sorry, Joanne. So, what do you what do you know more about these new um, new new uh, funds? Because I I can't qualify for them. Well, um, the second draw paycheck protection, um, you do have to show. Um, I believe it's a 25% decrease in um, gross receipts. Um, now, if you didn't apply before this new change, I think a week or two ago, um, Schedule C. Um, businesses can actually look at line seven instead of line 31, which means um, that that calculation could be different. So basically, as Matt was explaining, um, it, it's still very similar to the first round up to uh, at least 60% of those funds have to be used for payroll. And we're not talking about hiring anyone else um, new. We're just talking about keeping your current staffing. So at least 60% for payroll, and then the other 40 is for rent, utilities, or mortgage interest. And now they do have some additional categories for um, working capital and supplier costs. Um, you can certainly work with your lender or get referrals. Uh, I'm happy to provide referrals. Um, you can also go to sba.gov um, to find those lenders that are in your area offering PPP, which most are. Um, also, you can go to sba.gov and click on the local resource tab and under there, um, you can type in your zip code and it'll tell you all the resources that you have in your area, like my office, women's business development centers, uh, veterans business outreach centers, um, score chapters, etc. Um, here in the um, Metro East um, Illinois area, SCORE has become bi-state, um, so they truly are more on the Missouri side, unfortunately. Um, Matt understands that um, 
you know, with the river and everything, um, things tend to go um, to Missouri um, sometimes. So I don't think uh, people know what SCORE is. If you could explain what it is. Sure. Is. So SCORE is very similar to us. Um, they are the Service Corps of Retired Executives. Um, a lot of them are older individuals that have retired out of industry and want to just share their knowledge. Again, it's a, a no-cost service, but they are volunteers. Um, a lot of these folks um, want to spend their time on the beach being retired. So, um, you know, they do this in their spare time and they offer a lot of webinars and, and training just like our office. Um, but it's it's more on the volunteer basis versus an actual, you know, staff like my SBDC has. Um, so very similar services and you can really work remotely with them um, anywhere in the country. So if you're looking for someone that's very familiar with your industry, um, they can certainly pair you up with someone um, that is uh, more on that um, educational consulting side, um, grants, nonprofits, they can certainly work um, in a lot of different areas. I come from a small business background myself. I didn't mention uh, my father um, was in the restaurant industry. Um, my grandfather started when my dad was about 15 and my dad just retired. Um, still helps my brother a little bit. He took over a few years ago. Um, but my dad is pretty much retired after, I guess, about 45 years um, in the restaurant industry. Um, you know, not a lot of vacations growing up, not a lot of, you know, time off. And it really did teach me a lot. I wouldn't, you know, change it for anything in the world. Um, taught me a lot about, you know, working together and teams. Um, you know, everyone in the team is essential. You know, if somebody didn't show up, you had to pick up the slack. So. Um, it taught me a lot. And then my parents depended on us kids. So I was the, I'm the oldest. Um, I would work two or three days a week and then I would watch my younger siblings the other days. So just a little side note. Um, so I, I love small business and, and have been in it really my whole life. Um, now I get to go to the restaurant and enjoy a pizza without, you know, having to answer the phone or something usually. But if, if I'm needed, I can certainly um, do that. Wash dishes, make dinners, you know, you, you do it all as a, as a business owner. So I so didn't Joanne, technically legally own, but I had all those roles. I, yes, sir. Uh, I, I want to, I want to make sure we hit Michelle Molina's question here. She, she says she's a sole proprietor um, mm -hmm. and she received a PPP mm -hmm. loan. So she wants to know how to document it for her wages. Um, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you my answer, which is a non-answer, and maybe you can answer this too, because I think this is going to be an accounting question or a bank yeah. question. I would probably ask, I'd probably go back to whatever bank officer you work with, because they're, mm -hmm. they're going to have documentation. So I'm set up as exactly. a, an S-Corp, and so I pay myself a salary, right? And so I can document when I paid myself a salary and the whole payroll process. And so I can show that, and I ended up, when I did my forgiveness uh, paperwork, I showed my um, my actual paychecks and the, and the payroll documentation, and I think honestly, they were looking at my uh, quarterly uh, W2s and things like that. Not W2s. What's it called? Uh, whatever the quarterly report's called. But that basically my payroll report that went to wage the report. government. Yeah, the wage report. 
And so I think that's going to be the answer for me, but I don't know how it's going to work with a sole proprietor. I think you probably want to check with your accountant if you have one. I, I think she's probably right. Um, you'll just have to show that transfer from the business account to the personal, but I would work with your CPA and your bank just to make sure you have the proper documentation. It's more than likely going to be that um, bank statement and, and those sort of things, but I would um, definitely make sure with your bank and um, accountant. So within your community, um, Joanne, I, we know our community, but um, if I were to come to you and say, I'm brand new, I don't know anything about local accountants, would you be able to provide a list of uh, local mm -hmm. CPAs that work with small businesses? We do a lot of networking and outreach, so we have a great um, referral community. We work with a lot of banks, attorneys, accountants, um, insurance agents, credit card processors, um, the whole gamut, really anything that you need, um, we can provide those specialists. Um, as I mentioned, our services are at no cost, but if you work with an attorney and an accountant, they'll have their fees. Um, and then we actually have QuickBooks training provided through my office. My colleague, Marty, is certified in QuickBooks, and she can do some training for a very reasonable cost. Um, it's five hours of training. Um, and then there's also a partnership with QuickBooks, so we can offer a discount through the SBDC network. And when you say discount, this is another one of those like things you should know. If you need QuickBooks training and you go through the QuickBooks website, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. Um, but Marty, through Joanne's office, is $100 for five hours. Yep. That's $20 an hour. You're not going to find that deal. I mean, I'm just telling you right now, go look for it. You're not going to find that deal with any of the QuickBooks pros that are out there. They're all a lot more expensive than that. And I think so it's 50% off for the first year now. Actually, let's, let's answer Amy's question. And I don't know the answer to this. Are you eligible for a PPP loan if you have no staff or employees? And I don't know the answer. Well, um, it would depend on how you are structured, but if you are a sole proprietor or an independent contractor, yes, your wages, your income qualify. Um, so instead of thinking of just an employee wage, um, this would be your income that they would consider. So yes, you should more than likely be eligible. Um, okay, S-Corp, um, then, then yes, um, if you're paying yourself um, and, and you show your income, then that is what they would use for that calculation. It's 2.5 times your um, gross monthly um, income in your case. So they would take um, your total income divided by um, 12 and then multiply that by 2.5. And then as we said, 60% at least has to be used to pay yourself. And then the other 40 can be used for those operating expenses like rent, utilities, and uh, some supplier costs, things like that. If you were buying um, PPE, um, you know, masks and hand sanitizer, things like that, um, my understanding is those should be covered as well. Um, so, you know, there are some things hopefully coming down the, the pike with this new stimulus that just came out. Um, so definitely stay tuned. There may be some, you know, state programs. I know Illinois did a business interruption grant. They had two rounds. There may be a third from what I'm hearing. Um, no news exactly yet. Um, you know, and um, there could be other things um, here shortly. So, um, 
The CARES Act has really allowed us, as I said, to provide some extra support um, really at no cost or very low cost to our clients um, for, you know, some of these things that are very important during this time, like web design. You know, maybe you don't have a website or maybe you haven't looked at updating your website in a few years. Um, maybe you don't have that e-commerce part set up, you know, that shopping cart and things like that. So um, those are things that we can certainly help with. And I would check with your local SBDC um, because I believe most of them do have um, CARES Act funds. I can't guarantee that they all do, but um, check with your local SBDC. And just as um, is here in the chat, um, the link to find your local SBDC has been provided. Thank you very much, Theodore. Um, I'd also like to mention, and again, every SBDC is a little different, but we have a new podcasting studio. So we are able to provide at a very low hourly rental fee, um, a space for you to do a monologue or an interview with someone. You know, maybe you wanna interview someone from the National Science Foundation or um, someone at your local university. Um, you can, you know, use a, a space like ours to do that. And then we also have a graduate assistant that can provide some editing um, services at a, at a very reasonable rate. So um, depending on how long you've been in business, it's $25 or $50 an hour and then $25 for the editing per hour. Um, if it's a short podcast, you know, probably one hour of editing would suffice. Um, so those are the kind of things that we offer. Um, we have a list on our website of different webinars that we do every month, probably at least two to three a month. Um, we just had our starting a small business webinar yesterday. Um, Marty is actually offering QuickBooks through our educational outreach department this evening. I believe she has about eight, um, business people, um, eight students um, in her class. And that is through um, the educational outreach department. And then um, next week we have a grant workshop talking about how to get ready to apply for a grant. So a lot of these um, opportunities require you to have a DUNS number. Um, which is a business number that you would have a lot of times if you were doing government contracting and those sort of things. Um, you also have to be registered in the SAM system, the um, system awards management um, program so that you can get paid essentially and then all your information is stored there and that's how you you get paid for those contracts. Um, also, if you're certified- let me, let me jump in on mm -hmm. that real quick. With the SAM, just- <laughs> There's, let me give you everybody this hint. If you go out to get a SAM.gov, and I'm, I'm saying .gov, if you type in anything with SAM, make sure it always, 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 listen to me, always says .gov. Anything that says .org or .com, and they start, you'll start getting a, a slew of email, particularly if you accidentally type any of your contact information into the site. And then you're going to start getting mail, and you'll get mail at your uh, home, at your office. There is a, a lot of money in government contracting, and there's a lot of sisters out there. Let's put it that way. Please see there. Look at there. Teddy's talking about so many scammers. Absolutely, there are yep. a lot of scams around this. So be super careful. There is no cost I've all, to get your done. Because absolutely no cost. 
there will be people who say, pay me $150 and I'll uh, to set it up. And it's like a registration fee. It's them just taking your money and typing in, you know, one page of, of work. There's not a lot of, it's not difficult. Same to, actually, when you get into the detail of doing the SAM.gov itself, there's nobody who can do this for you. There is, it does get somewhat complicated because it asks you a lot about your SIP number and classification of, of oh, I forget what, no, not SIP. Uh, NAICS code. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. NAICS code, that's what it is. Um, your NAICS code um, and different codes like that. But nobody's going to be able to do this for you. This is a bunch of stuff you're going to have to look up on your own. So don't pay somebody a whole bunch of money when you can do this for free. So just know that. Um, yep, there is no cost to get your DUNS, um, your cage number exactly, um, and that registration process. Um, there is an office similar to ours, but they focus solely on government contracting, the Procurement Technical Assistance Center, PTAC. Um, so they can assist you with, you know, a capability statement, basically your business resume, um, and helping you receive emails um, it's called bid matching. So they'll send you emails notifying you of opportunities that are out there that you may want to apply for um, those, you know, RFPs, those um, requests for proposals and things like that. And if you want to be certified, let's say you're a veteran or a woman owned business or a minority, um, or there's a few other categories, um, you can certainly um, use their services to get that support. Um, most of those certification processes are at no cost. Um, so I was mentioning the podcast studio. Um, we also have a Metro East startup challenge. Um, probably not something um, too relevant today, but I'll just mention it briefly. Um, there may be other opportunities in your area for something similar. Um, so we have a competition. This is our eighth year. And it's open for businesses that are no more than three years in operation. So if you're brand new or less than three years, um, you can qualify for our competition. And essentially you provide your executive summary, which is that um, snapshot of your business, that one page or so um, of information. And then we have a, a process and go through some rounds. Um, if you go further, you get mentors, and you also um, provide us your full business plan. And if you make it to the very end, you actually pitch in front of judges. Um, so you'll provide um, that information in person and do a presentation for a chance to win a portion of $20,000. Actually, this year we have $22,000 and we're gonna offer a fourth place prize. So it's 10,000 for first place, 6,000 for second, um, 4,000 for third, and then 2,000 for fourth place. And we have some in-kind services, um, usually a couple hours or so of accounting and legal and web design. Um, last year we had cybersecurity um, support. So um, I'm working on getting that all together. We usually announce in June, so we have a little time. Um, and then the first submission is due in um, August. So you can check in your area. Maybe there are some business plan competitions out there. Um, maybe there's something specific to your field or just your community. So Joanne, um, you're located about, uh, well, three miles. You're like, if you're on campus, I don't know if you're on campus right now. Mm -hmm. If you're three, you're three miles from me right now. Now, to what degree could 
people on this call who are located all over the United States work with you or are you gonna encourage them to go to their local small business development center in their communities? Well, I would say a little bit of both. I mean, we do webinars, so anyone is welcome. Um, if it's more one-on-one -on -one training, um, we do have territories that we cover. So I would suggest working with your local SBDC um, for that specialized one-on-one -on -one training. I mean, I'm happy to talk to anyone, um, but I don't know what's in Atlanta, you know, what's available to you as far as, you know, um, funding opportunities. Maybe there are some local um, programs with your county and your city, and I don't have that network, you know, that they're going to have. So I would say, you know, if you're interested in one of our webinars, wonderful. Um, if you want to talk to me about something, I'm happy to listen and provide my, you know, two cents. Um, but I would say, you know, mostly your work is going to be with your local office. Um, Joanne, you talked at the beginning about interns, and I, I want to share um, my experience and what I've been doing, and maybe you can talk about how you could, how you as a small business development center and perhaps your colleagues and other small business development centers could, could um, assist with this. Well, I'm in an interesting situation where I've uh, won a couple grants, and um, I built into it uh, graduate assistantships to work with me who are like interns. They're typically graduate students. Um, I've got a relationship because I'm a two-time graduate from Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville, SIUE, and um, I have relationships with a couple different academic departments, and so I have I know where to go to kind of work through the the, the traffic of how you put together a graduate assistant um, to come and work with me in my private industry. And so in my situation, I have a relationship with a faculty member in the psychology department and they i i want to work with an industrial organizational psychology student which you know if you know anything about io psychology they're they're they don't know it but they're evaluators in training because they sit and think about how organizations work but anyway i've developed this relationship and then that goes up through the graduate school and then there's uh, the graduate school accountant and there's contracts that get signed but at the end of the day for about $20,000, $21,000 a year, I, I get a 12-month part-time employee. I don't have to pay their salary. Um, I have to pay the university uh, on a contract basis. I don't have to cover their insurance. I don't have to pay any of the employer costs associated with having an employee, like employer taxes and things like that. So it's a wonderful opportunity for me. And um, of course, students, are you're, it's going to be a mixed bag. You never know who you're working with. Um, I mean, you hope you get a chance to interview, of course, so hopefully you're finding a good person, but, you know, students are there primarily in their academic programs to learn, so you need to facilitate that learning, but, you know, you find a good one and they're, they're worth their weight in gold, they're amazing. And so um, if I were thinking about getting a graduate assistant, I could probably start by going to my small business development center at a university, right? And you would be sure, we can definitely um, work with you on developing that job description, kind of figure out what your needs are, and then help you get the word out through the university. Um, if you don't have the connections like Matt does, you know, we would start with the different departments that would be relevant to the student you're looking for, um, the career development center, those kind of places on campus. There's also um, usually an intern um, assistant, someone, um, you know, in the university that works on helping um, students find internships. Um, so we can do that work. And then, you know, definitely like 
Matt said, it, it saves you a lot of cost, but it also gives them some great experience and um, you know, allows you to um, get the work done that you need um, for, you know, for a, a very um, you know, affordable wage. So it, it's definitely important to establish those relationships. And, and like, like we said in the beginning, think outside the box. You know, a student could be perfect. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a virtual assistant. You could go on, you know, Fiverr or, you know, there's different virtual assistant um, apps and, and, and trade associations where, you know, maybe you just need um, some bookkeeping on a part-time basis, or, or maybe you're just looking for someone to create some design work. So there's lots of opportunities to work with students or just kind of independent freelancers. And then you know, I would always encourage you to work with your CPA to make sure that you understand how that all works with your company for um, taxes and, and different benefits and things that uh, might have to be considered. So Joanne, we're about five minutes before the hour, and I like to—I told you this the other day—that I like to ask uh, two questions of all of our guests. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those questions is, um, if you were starting a business right now, um, and you had just really great skills, you had a really good understanding for what you wanted to do, but really you had no network, how would you get started? Well, network is important, so I would start by building that network through LinkedIn. Um, that's an easy way and, and set a goal, you know, try to maybe connect with three to five people a month. Um, make some connections with your local chamber of commerce and other business organizations, the Rotary Club and, you know, just lots of um, different groups in your area and, and just start, um, you know, being involved and going to events and sharing information. Um, it takes time and effort, but it's definitely valuable because when you're thinking, you know, down the road, when you're thinking about an event that you want to put on or a um, person that you're trying to hire or just trying to find customers, um, you've got people to, to reach out to. Um, so building that network can be virtual and in person, um, but definitely um, put in that time and effort to make those connections and maintain those relationships, you know, send thank you cards and, you know, tell them um, Merry Christmas and happy birthday and all those kind of things and make sure that um, you're keeping them informed of, of what's going on in, in your business as well. Even if you're, even if you don't think that they're going to buy in, they might have other ideas and other people that they can share it with. You know, there might be sponsorship opportunities. There might be a webinar that they can share. Um, you know, you might be looking to set up a podcasting studio like we were. And, you know, the um, Edwardsville Community Foundation reached out to some of their partners so that um, they could provide us some support financially to uh, make that happen. So um, the networking is, is crucial and um, spend some time. Um, really, you know, figuring out um, who that audience is. And you don't have to be on every platform. You don't have to go to every meeting, um, but you need to know where your customers and clients are. So Joanne, another question I ask is, is now a good time to start a small business? I think with anything in life, there's never the best time, ideal time. Um, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be life things getting in the way, but Honestly, anytime 
is a good time to dive in. Um, if you have the drive and put in the work, you can you can make it happen. And again, be creative. So I don't feel that you know, with the pandemic, I don't feel that you should shy away from starting or growing a business. There's always ways that you can, you know, keep keep your business going and and grow and be creative, find ways to pivot and and always assess. I think that's the biggest thing. Assess where you're at and where you want to be and and how to get there and take some time to make sure you're on track. And if you're not, how can you get back on that road and and what do you need to do to to modify and pivot and you know, just be flexible. Thank you, everyone. Again, thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time as the Illinois SBDC for the Metro East at SIUE and its partners continue to build your business toolbox. Be sure to leave us a review and to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Remember, at the SBDC, your business success is our business.